I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. And today we're talking about self-care, which is a topic we have addressed in a couple of different episodes in a few different ways. But today we're going to talk kind of about hardcore self-care, self-care in particular when it's kind of you're in self-preservation mode. It is the bare (laughs) minimum you need to keep going, whether you're going through a hard time or getting over a hard time. Um, So, yeah, this is going to be a good conversation. Um, First, I wanted to quickly remind listeners about our current sponsor, Shoot Along. Shoot Along offers online photography lessons for moms who want to take better pictures of their kids with their DSLR camera. Um, And they have an eight-week course coming up. It starts June 12th. Registration is open now. And to get 10% off, you can head to shootalong.com slash themomhour and use the promo code themomhour. That's what will get you your discount. And again, these lessons come right to your email plus membership in a private Facebook group where you can compare notes and get feedback from other participants in the course. So perfect for busy moms if you have a DSLR and you want to get better with it wherever you are along the spectrum of skills, um, this is a great opportunity. So again, shootalong.com slash the mom hour and use that promo code the mom hour to save 10%. All right. All right. Um, okay, Megan. So let's let's sort of set the stage here and maybe you want to talk about why self-care is, <laughs> is it share is it sharing time, Sarah? We're gonna go deep. We're today. going deep today. Okay. So um this is actually something I haven't talked about publicly at all, really. Um, locals, my close family and friends know, but really I have not even so much as vague booked about this. So this is my first public outing and I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest. Um, but I am going through a divorce right now. I'll give everyone a second to pick their jaws up because I know like I'm, Hey, I'm as surprised as you are a year ago. I would not have seen myself in this position. Um, so all that said, it kind of started, you know, moving in this direction back in September. Um, I would say things are plugging along quickly or, you know, quickly or that's not a word more quickly now. And maybe picking up steam, um, should have this all resolved by like the fall, I'm hoping. So, right. so this is not new news to this your is not close new news. friends and family, right? But it's not something you've been, yeah, just right, posting about, about on Facebook yep. publicly or anything. No, I haven't. And, um, and, and that's been a little weird, I have to say. We, we were at Mom 2.0 um, Summit a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's always weird, like, deciding who to share something like that with and when is the right moment. I actually put some local friends in charge of spreading the word for me so that I didn't have to have like the same awkward conversation with a million people that I would run into. I'm on the radio and I've never taught like it kind of the day I started the radio or the week that I started the radio was sort of the week that all this started to kind of happen. So it's literally been the whole time. Like, do I talk about it? Do I not talk about it? Do I just not mention having a spouse? It's just, it's been weird. The not being public part has been odd. Um, Um, but okay. Um, but what's been to me, like my emotional state and my, um, my ability to cope has been wildly fluctuating. So like, you know, at the beginning of something like this, I think there's two kinds of people and I'm action oriented. So I'm the kind of person where I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is what I have to do to make this work. And 
full steam ahead, like get this in order, get that in order. I'm right. checking this out. I'm checking that out. I'm like making my list and marking things off. And then I kind of hit a wall where I'm just like exhausted and can't go forward anymore. So I haven't, I mean, I would say that happened a while ago, <laughs> like the wall, hitting. The, the wall hitting happened a while ago. Um, but I'm still, you know, dragging myself through the muck every day and, yeah. and I have good days and I have bad days and I have good and bad moments within every day. Um, so I'm definitely, I did actually use the term scorched earth last week. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to my friend, Jessica, our friend at single mom nation. And she, you know, I just said to her, like, I am going scorched earth. I feel like right now I am burning this mother down. Anything that doesn't somehow serve me. Yeah. It's like I'm walking and throwing a match over my right. shoulder. So, um, that's kind of where I am. Well, that's, so, <laughs> that's big. So I'm going to yes. let you catch your breath for a minute. Sure. Um, and our listeners, obviously, um, obviously I'm not going to prompt you with any questions that will ask you to share more than you're ready to share. But what I kind of want to set the stage for today is this concept of taking care of yourself when, things are at, I don't know, there's a million cliches, rock bottom, scorched earth, when self-preservation is kind of the one and only goal. And when you have smaller people who still look to you for food and shelter. Yes. Um, So that's kind of the direction we're going to go in today. Um, Do you feel like there have been times where you've had little aha moments, not that everything's hunky dory, but that you can identify what you need in the self-care department, or do you feel like you're figuring it out moment to moment? Sometimes I am, fig- well, I'm going to give you an example. Okay, okay. So I've been trying to really get my yoga practice, um, boosted back up. It really is one thing that every single time I go to yoga, I feel better afterward. And I, and I feel great when I do it regularly. Mm -hmm. And I actually joined a studio, like a real legit studio. That's, I mean, it's not super expensive, but it's not cheap. Um, and I kind of warred with myself a little bit about that, but it was important to me, but then I'll have like, there was a few days ago where I had signed up for a class and the class was like at 445 and then I had to be to Owen's ukulele concert <laughs> by like 615. So I sat there and kind of warred with myself. Like I was so fixated on 445, 445, yeah. like all day. It's all I could think about, like having to wrap everything up by 445. And then how was I going to get out of the class and get to Owen's thing? And it was really hard for me to make the decision to cancel the class. It felt like like in that moment, this, the self-care thing to do was to not do the self-care, which mm-hmm. was, which sometimes... I don't know, it can feel contrary to what you're told, you know, like stick to something, go even when you don't feel like going. Had I gone, I would have felt great coming out. But once I decided not to go, there was this relief, like a huge just like, oh, I don't have to do that just because I decided I was going to. Um, I've noticed weird things like I've noticed lately and and I have definitely like I am trying to check in with myself a lot. And I've noticed that I'm I'm doing it right now. Um, (laughs) I when I get stressed, I like gulp air. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize I was doing that. I, I would start to have to yawn all the time. Yep. And actually read someplace. And I don't remember how all the dots came together. But I read that when you are stressed, your body reads that as a lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so you start like, like almost like hyperventilating to try to yeah. make up for that. So I find myself doing that. And then I have to like consciously say, you know, Megan, stop doing that. Like, you're, stop doing that. Yes. No, um, this is something, breathe. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast. I've probably shared it with you, but I, I routinely feel short of breath 
when I am overstressed to the point mm-hmm. that then it turns into a little bit of like a hypochondria thing. Like, why am I short? Like, is something wrong with me? Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's a, that's a lovely self feeding cycle. Yes, but I know yes. exactly what you mean, <laughs> and I can't because I re listen to our podcast sometimes. I can hear it sometimes back in myself and be like, oh, I was awfully stressed that day or you know. right yeah so yeah actually sarah i can kind of pick up on that with you sometimes now that we know each other so well like i think there was a day we were doing something we weren't used to doing and i could tell you were stressed because you were breathing really hard remember i ran up the stairs i just couldn't couldn't catch my breath <laughs> yes. it was like yeah couldn't get over but it. even yeah but and there's even like i think when we did facebook live for the first time oh maybe <laughs> you're like i'm not comfortable with this but anyway um you know i think um there have been, yes, there have definitely been aha moments. Sometimes they come later, unfortunately, after I did something or had a self-defeating thought or something. And later it was like, oh, you know, um, I don't know. I, I Lead me here because okay. I could just ramble. Yeah. No, I think we're talking about kind of identifying what, what the best self-care practice is. Because it's easy to like pick up a magazine or read a lovely, helpful blog post and have tips for self-care but don't you feel like it's very very personal and I would imagine as emotional as what you're going through is that identifying the thing that serves you like yoga is a good example um, and that one seems like a really healthy thing is not always easy because there's there's a part of us where when things are really emotional or stressful, want to do the quick fix, right? Which is like an extra glass of wine or right. like, you know, chocolate. Those are the cliches. But there's other things too where, you know, venting, ranting. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And sometimes that may be actually a really good quick release. But I imagine that some sort of long, uh, longer term or... Um, more more fundamental practices like yoga, like yes. sleeping enough. Um, so yeah, I guess I just wanted to go a little bit more into how how are you staying in touch with what those things are and keeping it as proactive as possible instead of reactive. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure that I can answer that in a really. Um, mm, I don't know, articulate, structured way right now because I'm figuring out as I go, but I'll just, yes, I'm in it right now. So I haven't had a chance to like float up above it and look down. But um, I will say the venting thing, like sometimes it feels really good to vent. The problem with venting is that it's like eating candy. You know, you, it feels really good for about five minutes. Yep. And then it feeds and it feeds and you can't stop. And then afterward, you just feel bad. Like, I just yeah. feel bad when I do that. I'm doing a lot less of that, you know, now than I was for a little bit. Um, but I still have my moments. Yeah. And I'm a talky person and, you know, my friends all want to know what's going on with me. And so it's hard not to fall down that sort of path of being really negative or just, you know, griping about all the things that are wrong. Um, right. And I have to be really careful not to do that. And that's where... <laughs> refilling or you know um, not refilling uh, replacing that with something more even if it's watching even if it's something passive like watching a funny TV program or something that just kind of fills me instead of just depletes me or fills me with the wrong thing that I don't want to be filled with Um, so that's one thing you mentioned, you know, having that extra glass of wine I've definitely seen myself I mean I've gained weight like I've definitely seen myself 
fall a little off the wagon when it comes to taking care of myself in that way, as far as what I'm putting in my body, how much I'm moving my body. Like those have not been things that I've been great about. And I'm really trying now to get back on track because I can tell how much better I feel. Um, and sometimes that's, sometimes there's a monetary, a, a cost association. So there's this little spa and it happens to be right next door to my yoga studio. And for a while, I had a little free membership because they were doing something with the radio. And so I would go, this was at the very beginning of all this, like back in October. And I would go and they have like these little booths. Like you can go like lay in this bed. It's like a red light therapy bed. And it, I don't know. Oh, it's right. got, I don't really know what it does, but I just loved laying in there. It felt really like really luxurious. And I would almost always, it would kind of lull. It's like loud and yeah. you have to put the little things over your eyes. So I would always fall asleep, but it would yeah. be like the briefest little cat nap ever and I would wake up and be like that was awesome like I feel really good well you know to have a membership there is it's you know like a hundred bucks a month that I don't really have to spare right now um and I've been kind of worrying with myself like do I go try it out again for a month would just having some place I can go and shut the outside world completely out and be really taken care of and in a passive way not having to do anything right. would that be worth a hundred bucks and if it is then where can I pull from Right. Do, does that mean I don't go out to eat that one time? Or does that mean, you know, I drink less wine? Does that mean I, um, whatever it is, like, is it worth pulling from something else? And I'm still, I'm still juggling that yeah. right now. And I'm trying to decide. But the fact is, I, at first I was like, I would never pay for that. And now right. I'm thinking, I actually might. It, it just depends if it's, if it's worth it um, right. in the end. So um, that's another thing. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm really leaning on friends very heavily right yeah. now. Um, you know, I have to say that when one of the moments I finally just sent my close, my three closest female friends here in town a message, and I was just like, "I need help," and I don't know what it, I don't know what I need. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's so funny because I talk about needing help all the time, and I've right. usually pretty good about that. Like, if I need someone to take my kids someplace, I don't, yeah. I don't ever have a problem asking. Like, that's never been hard for me. Right. But when I can't identify what it is, yeah. then it's hard. And that's so really, that's a really <laughs> scary text to send, yeah. even to your yes. closest friends. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, gulping my tea, which is another another self care thing that I do. These, I'm obsessive tea drinker right now. Um, I was, but I, I was going to jump in. I would imagine that there is a little bit of um, always having to walk the line between self acceptance, which like let's mm-hmm. go back to gaining a little weight, having an extra glass of wine, feeling the need to rant for 15 minutes. Right, Those sort of short term because while while yeah that may be like eating candy it may not be the top of the health and wellness list for self-care yeah may also be okay in that moment so it's almost like finding the point of self-acceptance saying this is not this is going to be ugly for a while (laughs) and sometimes that's going to look like you know, going to yoga regularly and other times it's going to look like making downright poor choices but that's accepting that is almost yeah. part of it. It's so, it's it is totally, so convoluted. It is totally convoluted. Like, where do I strike the balance right now between knowing what would actually make me feel better in the long run and knowing that I can't, I don't have the emotional yeah. reserves and capacity right now and to not do spending, that. And not spending time beating yourself up for making right. the quote-unquote wrong choice because that right. could be really a cycle you know you know honestly what this is gonna sound terrible this is gonna sound so silly but i'm just trying to mix it up like when i make bad choices i'm just (laughs) trying to make a different bad choice every time so i feel like that way i'll 
like spread it out. I'm luckily I'm not like a big dessert person. Like that's not a thing for me. But I love I love French fries. I love really good French yeah, fries me too. And so if one time when I'm feeling like I just need to eat my feelings, I go have French fries. And the next time I have a little too much wine. And the next time I indulge in some new makeup at Target. And the next time after that I rant. You know, yeah. at least then it's not like I'm spiral. I'm like doing little things for myself that maybe aren't really getting me where I need to go in the long run, but at least I'm spreading it out. I, I just sounds so silly. You know, no, that, but it, actually, does it make sense? It totally makes sense. And I think if you are, if there is one part of you that is also going to yoga semi-regularly, also maybe talking to a therapist and also sleeping you know, appropriately, then you, yeah. then you're covering your bases. Like you can't, yep. you can't spend your time beating yourself up for those short-term mood boosters. Uh, yes. Because that's not, that's not the way out. I don't think not the, beating I, I yourself think up, you know, right. I think you're totally right. And on the sleep topic, I did go through a couple of months where I just really wasn't sleeping very well. You know, I'm work, I work early mornings now I'm on yeah. this morning show, um, <clears throat> which has been honestly a lifesaver for me, like having a place to get up and go to every yes. single morning that I have to be at. And I really, really can't just kind of flake out on it because uh, then there's no one on that's dead air. <laughs> like, <laughs> then my co-host is just sitting there by himself, and that's not fair. So I've been really good about like making sure I'm there and stuff like that, and and not calling in because I just don't feel well or mentally capable of it that day. And there's plenty of days I don't feel mentally capable when I wake up. I'm like, right. I'm going to go be on the air for three hours and be chatty and goofy and fun. How am I going to do that? Um, but doing it has helped so, so much. Um, but anyway, that's really forced me to be careful about my sleep because if I stay up too late, there's no chance for me to recover from that. Right. I mean, I might be able to take a nap maybe, but I usually don't have the time. And if I do, you know, it takes a while to fall asleep and all that. So um, there was a couple of months where I really wasn't sleeping well. And oh man, I felt it like that yeah. was probably that was maybe my lowest point. Honestly, I wasn't really performing well in many aspects of my life. Um, and I just felt bad all the time. And so that's something I'm really trying to get good about now, which means sometimes cutting out other things that yeah. I would really like to do. Um, or should be like my house is kind of a wreck. Like yeah. my house has not been a home to me for a while because there's still this, you know, separation process and like, we're still sharing a house. Um, albeit we're usually not there at the same time. So I sort of have like retreated to two rooms in my house Yeah, and I'm kind of the other day just sort of peeked my head around the corner and looked into this room I haven't been in. It was like, Oh man, it's a mess. But yeah. what do you do? You put your head down and you start pushing through. It's, yeah. I don't, you know, it's, um, I don't know. Now I feel like I'm rambling again, no, but it's, it's okay. just like, it's, it's one thing at a time. I'm not going to beat myself up yes. that my mo half of my house looks like a, it's not even really like a train wreck. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like there was a dog fight in my kitchen. Because <laughs> Sorry, that's not what I just, thought you were going to say. <laughs> there's like pet hair everywhere because I've not been very good about vacuuming. And like there's areas that are so dusty, like the pet hair is settled into the dust. So it's like dusty pet hair or hairy dust. I'm not really sure which. Um, so it's, it's pretty bad in certain areas of my house. And I've kept up the areas like I've kept up my bedroom because I have to, I've kept up the bathrooms and I've kept up the kitchen and I just live in those three rooms and ask the kids to do the best and the rest. Yeah. And that's what we're, you know, we're talking about like base level. Yeah. Just surviving. That's the kind of thing that that's how you can tell I'm just surviving. If my house yeah. is a mess, because when I'm functioning really, really well, it's not right. Um, when I'm functioning really, really well, I get all my work done. And as you know, you know, Sarah, you've been awesome about picking up the slack. Um, 
but I've been kind of zoned out for months now. Um, yeah. Just kind of doing the basics, like showing up. If you say, Megan, you really have to take care of this. I'll do it. Yeah. But it's like I have to kind of I've been having to get brought there. Some of that's getting better. I'm finding more yeah. energy for that stuff again. And it, it ebbs and flows. I don't expect it to be like that every day. And I have really bad days. And that, right. you know, that doesn't happen. Um you mentioned therapy. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, no, no. Go for it. Keep going. Okay. Well, I was going to say, um, uh, I have seen two different therapists and that has been great. Um, again, my insurance isn't awesome for that. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, is this worth a hundred dollars? Do I need a hundred? Like, <laughs> right. It's again, right. like, is this hundred dollars that I'm going to put into this therapy worth it? Or would I rather spend that hundred dollars on something else or feel more protected financially because, right. um, because I have the hundred dollars. Right. I don't know. It's, right. it's, it's always a, a toss up. I will say one piece of advice I would have for anyone is to, if you go to a therapist and you don't feel it, don't go back. There's yeah. a lot of therapists out there. I went and saw a woman who had been glowingly recommended to me, um, by a good friend who I trust. And I went and we just didn't click. I didn't like the way she looked at me. Right. I felt like she was making, everybody has certain triggers, right? Yeah. And for me, I don't like when people make assumptions about me mm. and I, there was like this face she would make uh-huh. when I could see that she thought she'd hit a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and like I'd said something revealing and then I'd see her kind of like make a face and then she'd like write it down. Yeah. And I kept feeling like I had to be like, but, 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 but no, 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 no. That's not, you know, what you thought. <laughs> no, just let me finish. Like, yeah, I kind of wanted to be like, let me finish, let me finish. And so I got to the end and it felt like I had just run a therapy race. Like I had yeah. just been hit over the head with a therapy stick. I don't know how else right. to put it. And I thought, I don't ever want to feel that way again. Like there's no reason it has to feel that way. Um, right. The other person I went to got me right away. It's just different personalities. She understood me. We kind of connected on a different level. And, and it, you know, I know different therapists have different styles and some really just listen and yeah. don't really say much, but I like a much more engaged yeah. counselor. I like someone who understands what I'm talking about and acknowledges that yes. they understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some like almost like a style don't do that. Yes. Um, I agree. But, but I'm pretty practical and I'm pretty um, action oriented. Like I yeah. said, like I want to know you what to a, do. Like a co-problem solver. Like exactly. I, I want like someone to coach me, not yes. just listen and go, mm, mm-hmm, so tell me about your father, you know? So <laughs> it's just not my style. So um, I guess that's something that I'm still doing when I can. And, and when I don't, I, again, try not to beat myself up about it. I'm not going like every week or anything. I don't find that it's that much more helpful to go cry to a therapist than it is to cry by myself (laughs) or cry to a friend like that. I'm not probably going to spend a hundred bucks to go cry because I can do that really well on my own. It's more like I am stressed. Like that's when I need it. Like I am facing a choice that needs to be made and I need help making that choice. Mm -hmm. And that's when I go see people and that that works for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about friendships and the people that you have let in on this. Um, Because I think our listeners, whether they've been through something really hard or have been on the other side, everybody's been, everybody's at least been a friend to somebody going through something really tough. Right. And um, I'm curious if there have been things that have been really helpful consistently or if there are relationships that you can point to and been like this has been great because and not that I want you to call out your friends who haven't been supportive no that's not what it's yeah. about but um, I just don't, I, I'll just like be really honest and say from because you and I are friends remotely so I'm not seeing you every day or seeing your face right. and so sometimes I have to figure out like is my role and also we're business partners so that adds a, a, a layer but sometimes right. I have to figure out is my role to like 
be send funny texts and stay in front of your face and keep you on track at work and or is my role to back off or is my role to ask questions so I'm curious right. how the friendships have have played out well I think that there's room for all of that um, any of that and all of that and not necessarily I don't think one person has to do all those things. Like I right. have friends who I go to when I really have a big problem. I have friends that I go to when I just want event. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like how I think for me, it's just a staying in touch. Like I'm yeah. one thing I'm realizing is like, uh, and you and I are in touch all the time. So that's yeah. not, you're like, so you're always there to talk to. And I, and I know that and you're half the time yakking at me on, on Voxer and that's great. Um, I think one thing, and again, Jessica Ashley from Single Mom Nation has given me some really good advice, and you know, she's known me for a long time, and she said, one thing I've noticed about you, Megan, is that you tend to fill space. So like if, so back when we started kind of physically separating and separating our time out with the kids, I suddenly found myself with a lot of extra time on my hands, mm-hmm. and I used it as productively as I could, but I was also in a really bad place. It's really hard to use your time productively (laughs) when you feel terrible, right? So I had this sort of frenetic need to make plans with people, to have activities to go to, to always have something on my agenda. And that was good for keeping me distracted for a little while, but there'd be nights where I was like, you know, all I want to do is sit around and read a book or all I want to do is nothing. I don't want to do anything at all. And so just trying to find a balance. And I'm not sure what that has to do with friendship. I just kind of veered off. But that was a really good piece of advice from Jessica, someone who really knows me, but yeah. who I don't really see yeah. that often. Um, one thing I'm trying to do now with my um, female friends here in town, and one thing when I said I need help and I don't know what, I just said, maybe some of it's just company. Maybe I just yeah. need times where we can just hang out um, when, and, and times that we usually wouldn't. It's the end of the school year. Everyone's busy. Everyone's tired. You know, yeah. everyone works hard. And yeah. most of my friends are in bed by nine and or so or spending time with their spouses. So for them to give up like a Monday evening to come spend an hour and a half with me is like a sacrifice. But it's something right. I really, really needed because right. otherwise that Monday night I would have been, you know, sitting around my house by myself feeling terrible. So it's just... Um, there's that there. I, just, I think it's all of it. Like, I yeah. just, I don't think you have to have one role. I think yeah. I want, I want funny stuff and I can go from feeling terrible to laughing in one minute. It's not yeah. like I, I need a, I don't need like a transition <laughs> transition yeah. stage. Um, I don't need people to ask me questions necessarily. I don't mind when people check in. I'm, this is probably something that depends on personality because yeah. I'm pretty forthcoming with right. stuff. Um, if I was more reserved or needed to be drawn out, maybe that would be a role people would need to play. Um, right. I don't know. I will say like some of the little things have really helped. Like I've had friends who just like bolster me and are just like, yeah. we think you're great. Like yeah. that's something like I really need to hear right now. I'm probably yeah. going to start crying. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it's going to happen. I know. <laughs> I've just been holding it at bay this whole time. But I have a friend who, um, none of my friends are particularly physically affectionate. We're just, that's not, we're not huggy friends. Yeah. Me and my female friends have just never really been like that. And I've noticed lately everyone's touching me a lot more and <laughs> they probably don't, they probably don't even notice that I notice. Um, yeah. But I do. And that's yeah. important to me and that helps. Like it just, we don't have to have a hug out every time we right. see each other. But like if someone kind of puts their arm around me, like lets it linger for a second, that yeah. feels good. I feel acknowledged. Like that's a really nice thing. So it reminded me, I don't me, know. It reminded <laughs> I'm going to let you take of, over for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take over. Um, because I'm your friend and I know that's Thank what you, you. Need right now. <laughs> 
Thank you, Sarah. Um, I going back to the physical affection. That's interesting. I have always noticed that I was super physically affectionate with my high school friends, and never really with female friends after that. But I almost wonder if there is a sort of like girlishness or like base level that bond that you have with like your very first best friends in the whole world yeah. is more yes. like it's more intimate uh, i'm not saying like romantic or anything like no, that. no but, it, but it, it is it is like there's it's passionate it, you're you're <laughs> and you're sleeping in the same bed at sleepovers and you're like brushing each other's hair it's a more and you have so much time like you have so much yes. time to spend together and you, yeah yeah i mean you're like i don't know we just like roll around on the trampoline and look up at the stars it's a it is an intimate it's a it's more physically intimate and i don't mean anything other than the things i just said yeah i but totally I, get you I, I do wonder if like at this raw place where you are and where friendships go if that is sort of a natural tendency like yeah that's interesting want to be more even if it's not spoken like you said right um, yeah i i love that um just because i i feel very fond toward the friends i have that and there's just a few that you yeah. know i have that with um yeah yeah. And, you know, I have to say as well, like it doesn't serve the same purpose in my life, but I'm actually also spending more time with male friends because I'm finding that it, it it's a totally different kind of friendship. Um, you know, having a male co-host in the morning, he's like my work husband or whatever. So we spend three hours together every day yeah. and that's really fun. It's like just it's kind of like like and this is something for down the road more, but like it's kind of seeing how am I with people of the opposite gender that I haven't really mm-hmm. had to think about in a long time because I've always like I always had couple friends we hang mm-hmm. you hang out with your couple friends yeah. and it's that's been an interesting like look at myself as well and just in very buddy buddy so those yeah. things like they 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 occupy such completely different spaces in my life and fill such totally different needs in my life and I'm not you know texting with like Johnny about you know about my divorce right <laughs> um he'll he'll ask me about it every now and then then i i kind of feel like he regrets asking um but <laughs> didn't mean to do that <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like hashtag sorry johnny yeah um but it's it is a very different i don't know it's just a very different kind of thing and, and i think that it um it's all good. It's all, it, really any for me right now i do need time and space alone i really need to figure out like such an identity shift going on like who am I what do I want the rest of my life to look like like what do I want to walk away from this experience with um so I can't fill all of my time with people but right now I feel like the more people I interact with the better off I am because I'm just learning stuff and it all fills something so and I would I would expect that some amount like you talked about some amount of structure like getting up in the morning for the radio show or having friends to make plans with is better than none. Um, and it, you've talked yes. about kind of finding the balance, but um, I would imagine that, I mean, you've stayed really involved in your extracurriculars, yes. theater, you're directing a play, having places to go and people who expect you to show up. Yes. I think for most people is is important. Now, if that, you know, that could tip over to feeling overtaxed or overburdened or overstressed and not, you know, just completely depleted. But I think it seems like you've, figured out that that is important to you yes, um, to have sure. that structure. Um, can we talk about mothering a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I know our listeners just on the outside are thinking, 
you know, do the kids know? Yes, they've, they know and they've known this is the separation they've known for has, a long time. But yeah, yeah, for months and months. Um, but so let's, let's get that out of the way, that question, because just yeah. in case people were wondering. <laughs> but, um, and I know people want to know how the kids are doing, but that's not really what I'm going to ask. What I, what I want to talk about is continuing <laughs> to parent when you're in scorched earth mode. And before, right. you, before I prompt you with this, I should mention we did an episode called Parenting Through Hard Times. We didn't go quite this deep, but we <laughs> talked about, you know, depression and anxiety a little bit. We talked about just, you know, straight up hard times and kind of, when you have to get up and be a mom anyway. So if people want right. more on this, that was episode 42. Um, but let's talk specifically about, you know, your last six or nine months. And yeah. just just what has that bare minimum looked like for you in being there for your kids? And your kids are older. They're aware of stuff. Yeah, start, they are aware. If you start crying, I'm just going to distract everyone with like a song or something. <laughs> she, you know, we need like a like an old timey horn, like a car horn sound. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think that would be great. Um, <laughs> wooga. Um, okay. So, um, well, it kind of, it comes and goes, right? Yeah. So I would say up until Christmas, I really maintained in the parenting department. In fact, the kids had a classic divorcing parents Christmas. We kind of went all out. We yeah. did it all. Like we spent the entire week all together, which looking back was a little much, um, probably not the best for me in my mental state. And I don't know about, um, John's or I don't know, but it's, it, it kind of felt necessary in a way. And yeah. it just felt like a nice way to kind of close out the year and just indicate to them that we're still family and everything's going to be okay. And blah, blah, blah. So, um, unfortunately I, for the very first time in my life did not pay all cash for <laughs> our Christmas gifts. And now I am, you know, the time, the old, the classic, like I'm paying off Christmas still, uh, thing is now hitting yeah. me. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, then came January and January were some dark times for me. Like really, yes, like got KV. I kind of was going in subsistence level, everything. Um, and I kept up with the basics. I do have a sitter who I hired the week I want to say like the week that we started discussing separating. So it was like a very, but I hired someone with very specific needs. Um, I worked, you know, mostly from home or from my office space and the kids are in school. So I didn't really need like an all day sitter or daycare right. or anything like that for work. But I wanted someone to come in in the morning, be a very like, um, I guess stabilizing force mm -hmm. for everyone. She only comes a couple of hours of morning and it's just a few mornings a week. But when she's there, she checks the kids homework logs. She makes sure their lunches are packed. Yeah. She makes sure everyone's wearing clean clothes and like all that stuff. And that has been really helpful. It's, yeah. you know, just knowing that like someone's looking out for them yes. in that way. I can give lots. I'm still, you know, I'm never going to stop giving my You're kids lots of hugs. Off. Yeah. Right. But it's like, sometimes that stuff was slipping and yeah. I know that slips even for the best of parents and the best of times. And for me, it was slipping a lot. So that was one thing that was really good. Like just having that help. Um, I had another thought and I totally forgot what it was. It was something about slipping, brushing teeth. I don't know. I'll think of it. Um, I think that I've been really still very open with like 
I'll talk to the kids anytime. I've been very affectionate. I'm still trying to get them to bed on, at the same time, like yeah. those kinds of things. Um, I have kept in very close contact with their teachers. Yeah. So I've te- I text and, ch- and check in with, um, especially Clara's teacher, because she had some issues last year with anxiety and stuff in class. And just check in and just, you know, and the funny thing is both of the, um, Owen and Clara's teachers have both been divorced. So the minute I told them, they were just like, let us know if you need anything, like, yeah. you know, but your kids are doing great and I, we would never know otherwise. Yeah. And so I just thought that that was, was really reassuring yeah. to me to hear that. Um, it's harder with the older ones, honestly, because they can fly under the radar more yeah. and they don't make like Isaac doesn't make his needs super known to me and I have to really try. So I don't know. I, I don't think I'm answering the question very no, well. I actually, just feel like my favorite part about what you said about the sitter was just having another adult brain to focus on sort of like the checklisty type stuff yes. because um, there that has it seems like that part's not emotional or you know like yeah. soul sucking but it takes up mental energy and when yes. you're when your mental energy is so taxed already with everything you're going through I can see how it would a huge relief that could be and I was just thinking as you were talking that if it if it wasn't a hired sitter just having one friend who's jo- you know who you could say yes. hey could you, you know, I don't know, like do my daughter's ponytail before dance every time? Yes. Like, I'm no. Send her dirty. Can you wash her face yeah. and put her hair in a ponytail when you see her? Yeah. At, in the classroom like yes. I, that was just the first example that came and in. and people you would know, love to help in that way. That's a very yes. um, like I don't know. I, I feel really um, connected to my friends when I'm able to care for their kids in that kind of like second mother kind of way because I didn't grow up with cousins and my kids don't have cousins so when we have families where you know I know another kid trusts me enough to let me brush their hair or like Mm -hmm. get help get their shoes on it's it's a that's a special connection and I can see how going back to the friendship you know that would be a way you could ask for help and it seems so small but it's like Mm. you know can you come over with your kids twice a week and we'll do homework together you know and I think it's so important to not feel like a loser when you ask for stuff like that because my tendency is to be like I should be able to handle basic parenting myself like why would I ask for help with that is that like admitting I can't do this is that like admitting uh, you know I'm not trying hard enough whatever and those little basic things are hard like asking for that kind of help um, is hard but like it's it's fine it's not yeah everyone knows where I am everyone and even if I was totally in a fine time of my life everyone I have no problem helping people with stuff like that either we all have our strengths we're all yeah. busy and we're all stressed at, at times so um, another thing that that brought up in my mind and this is more of a casual thing it's not like something I ask f- for help with in a structured way but um, I'm not spending as much physical time with my kids right now as right. I would have been and so there are times when you know maybe I'll be going on my second day and I haven't seen Clara in you know 48 hours and I'll get a text from a friend who happens to be volunteering in the classroom and it's a picture of Clara or um, a picture of her and, you know, maybe the other person's kid on the playground or something. And I had a a day that I was kind of going on, like probably the second day I hadn't seen Clara and you know, she's eight. And so she's, it's not like having a bait, an infant. And what's weird about having like not seeing older kids for a while is you don't notice it right away because they don't need you 
you're already accustomed right. to being separated with them from them right. while they're at school or on right. sleepovers. Right. You don't really notice it until like the second day. It's yeah. like you, the first day it's like, I'm just going on with my business. I'm yeah. not really paying attention. And then suddenly it's like, ugh, like I just kind of went around to the house and like hug yeah. her right now. But that, it's, a, and it's I, like the same feeling when you have a new baby and you've been yes. away for more than two hours, only it takes right. two days. Yeah, exactly. Like phantom, exactly. phantom yeah. feeling. And I can, and I, and I can, I have the freedom um, to stop by the house and see the kids if I want. Um, but sometimes it doesn't help. Sometimes it honestly yeah. just makes it kind of worse for everybody. So uh, it's, it's, that's been tough, but like having friends check in with me about that stuff is helpful. And a week or so ago, actually it might've been when we were at mom too. My friend Missy texted that she was on this field trip. With oh, the kids. I remember that. I was with and you. I said, "Would you give Claire a hug for me?" And she was like, "Sure." And then she gave Claire a hug, and it was just having like that second mother there that yes. could do that for Claire that made me feel really good. And I know it made Claire feel really good because she's she loves adult women. She loves my friends. Like she's yeah. just very, she loves those relationships. Yes. Um, it's, it's super lovey. So yeah, that was a really nice thing um, for That's, both of us. I think that just makes me think, I think a long time ago, well, on a few episodes we've talked about, you know, cultivating those friendships where you can start to ask for help with each other's kids. And we have a lot of listeners who've written to us saying that they don't have that and that's hard to find. And that's true. But it's just occurring to me that not that you ever proactively would prepare for something like this, but it's such a it's such a great reason why continuing to grow your tribe little by little, it is hard. You can't do it artificially, but having adults who your kids love and trust, who you love and trust and can ask for help, um, really is kind of like a safety net for when things like this do happen. And I I don't mean that to scare anybody. Like if you don't have that, you're screwed. (laughs) But if you're in a good place right now, think about the benefits to sort of intentionally cultivating that community around you. If you can, um, because you may be this person for someone or you may need this person. Um, yes, it's worth it's worth the effort. Yes, for it sure. is worth the effort. Um, well, I, I feel like we could start wrapping up, but I want to kind of bring this back to our listeners and kind of the response that you might get from this. I, my my gut is that our listeners are going to be like unendingly supportive. And, yes. Um, but is there anything specifically like, do you, would you welcome emails about it? Are you, yeah, actually I was going like to say if, public outing. Like, this is my gonna, public outing. Yeah. This is truly my public outing. So if anyone wants to email me personally, um, I would love that. And yeah. you can send that to Megan at the mama. That is my address, right? Megan. Yeah. If it isn't, we'll make it for you. I'm pretty sure I have that. So Megan at the com. You can send that email to me. Um, if you want, if you know, we're connected on social, you can definitely reach out that way. I, I will say like, I'm in a weird place where, um, I always love advice when it's, like encouragement, like yeah. you're going to get through this. Like it's going to be okay. Like here's one practical thing you can do for yourself. Right. I'm not, if you want to like tell me about how to tell my kids or, or not even to tell them because they already know, but like the right way to go about doing things, yeah. I'm not as interested yeah. because believe me, I've thought about it all. Like, and yeah. I already, I've heard so many opinions, like you would not believe how many opinions have come my way. Some great, some not so uh, that I, some that I have merely acknowledged and then and then moved on from um i don't find that super helpful when i get like that kind of pile on it makes me feel really anxious yeah but i always welcome like you know and people will be surprised and people might have their own people might be going through the exact same thing right now who are in a the same place i am and i want to hear i would love to hear from people so um 
you know, I just, I just, I'm not like really in a place right now where I'm that receptive, um, to sort of like the right way to do this Agreed. kind of advice, I, yeah. you know? Well, I, I think we've built this show on the concept of non-judgment in mothering. <laughs> Honestly, yes. we have. We didn't That's even true. mean to. Seriously, you guys, when we started out over two years ago... Neither of us said, let's make a show that's about moms feeling like what they're doing is okay and nobody's, and we're not judging them and there's no one right way. No, that's really, that funny? That wasn't it just wasn't elevator pitch. It no. just happened. Um, and now it's something I sort of fiercely cling to because, you know, you and I have opinions. We're not afraid to share our opinions, but I think the most consistent feedback we hear is that we're not judgmental of anybody doing thing, any, anything different. And that's why I feel like our listeners are going to be just the same with you because that's yeah. the tone that we've set here. So, but I do think I, it's, I think it's worth uh, bringing up because sometimes people don't know. You know, can I comment on social media? Can I email right. Megan? You know, am I bothering her? Or you no, know, I'd love yeah. to hear from people. It's, so it always, love we love you, hearing from people anyway. I love what you just said about what you don't really need to hear because right. I think that, <laughs> I mean sometimes it's well-meaning and so, and right. it's clueless and sometimes it's mean. Right. But um, I think it's worth it's worth identifying what you need. Right. So yeah. Okay. So are you ready? <sighs> you ready to wrap up? I am wrap? totally ready to wrap up. Yes, but. Um, so this has been a good, it's been cathartic in a way. I knew that we've been talking about this for months. Like, how are we going to, like, how are we going to make this clear? Because, you know, it's hard. We talk about things and I use the word us and we, and that no longer means what it meant 10 months ago. Right. And so I just want to be honest. I want to be honest with people and not hide something. But at the same time, it's like, guess what? I'm getting a divorce. I mean, there was never a good time to do that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's never going to be a good time for this. Um, and I I really respect that you were willing to kind of, you know, go public. Like you said, it was going to happen sometime. And there had to be a balance between you know, protecting your readiness and your privacy and your family's privacy. But also we have a public audience and we're pretty forthcoming with our public audience about what's yeah. going on in our lives. So, um, we do, there it is. There the it dirt, is. The good, so, bad, and the, the ugly and the dirty. So. Um, so you can email Megan at Megan at the com or both of us at hello at the com, And then everything for this episode, including a link to shoot along our sponsor will be at the com. This is episode 104. And Megan, yeah, thanks for your honesty. Thanks for being willing to do this on the podcast. And thanks for leading me through it so skillfully, Sarah, as You're always. Welcome. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll be see back you next, next time. week. <laughs>